Hello, lovers. Welcome to Nutrition Nuptials Podcast, episode 21. Now that our podcast is officially old enough to party, help us celebrate. Head on over on Facebook to the Nutrition Nuptials Podcast VIP After Party, where we keep the conversation going after the show. We post questions, quotes, even info about upcoming events that we have here at the show. So make sure you like us over on Facebook. Also, an update in the social realm on Instagram. You can now find us as Nutrition Nuptials Podcast. And that is where we post some fun soundbites from the show. We also have our giveaways happening there and just like to post some fun food photos like proposals made from pizza. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, head on over on Instagram, check out Nutrition Nuptials podcast. Well, it is hard to believe it, but season one is going to be wrapping up in just a few weeks. And we want to hear from you. What is it that you want to be hearing on future episodes of this podcast? So in order to help us learn a little bit about what you want to hear, head on over to bit.ly slash nn1survey to complete a short, short, I'm saying three question short survey, all about what it is that you want to be hearing about on the show. What topics do you want to learn about? What guests do you want to be hearing from? Let us know. And just for taking a little bit of time out of your day to tell us that info, you are going to be entered into a raffle to win a $50 Amazon gift card. We'll also include a link to that survey in the show notes. And if you're on our email list, you're going to get a link directly sent to you into your inbox. And if you're not on our email list, there is a super simple way to get onto this exclusive list. All you do is head on over to nutritionnuptials.com slash starter guide, and you can get our free couples guide for um, meal plans, fitness, and self-care. So once you grab that guide, you will be added onto our email list. And last but certainly not least, a huge shout out to the amazing crew over at Podigy. Podigy is our editing service here for our podcast. They help us with the show. They help us do our show notes and we would be nothing without them. I have to say they are absolute wizards at the work that they do. This episode, we had a couple little tech issues and they did an amazing job to put out a perfect show for you. So if you are looking for a little help with your podcast, check out Podigy. That's P-O-D-I-G-Y. You can also find them online at P-O-D-I-G-Y dot co. And tell them that Taco and Mandy from the Nutrition Nuptials podcast sent you. You'll get 25% off of your first month of editing with them. And with that, let's get into today's double date. Cue the music. It's the Nutrition Nuptials Podcast with Taco and Mandy, where we're helping couples learn how to live their happily, healthfully ever after. Hello, and welcome to the Nutrition Nuptials Podcast, where we help couples go from a me to a we when it comes to their health and wellness. I am your host, Mandy Enright, a registered dietitian who hates diets, and I am joined today and every week by the one, the only taco. What's up? I almost called you the taco, <laughs> but then I was like, no, it's, there's no the, it's just taco. All right. So taco today we have a double date. All right. Yeah. So we are joined today by a fellow registered dietitian, Casey Seiden, and she is here with her husband, Danny. 
Casey, as I mentioned, is a dietitian. She's also a certified diabetes educator who works and lives in New York City. And outside of her role as an outpatient dietitian, she runs a nutrition blog that features recipes shown on her Instagram at eat.well.together. And she is also beginning to venture into virtual counseling. She doesn't do all this alone. So she has her husband, Danny, who is a marketing director for an international sustainable energy company. Well, hi, Casey and Danny. How are you guys doing today? Doing pretty good. Thanks. We're so excited to be here. Thank you. So Casey actually reached out to me as far as being a guest on the show because we talked to some very similar audiences, which is pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. A lot of my inspiration for my Instagram and blog kind of overlaps with couple nutrition and healthy husbands. I can support that. Healthy husbands. Hashtag healthy husbands. (laughs) Well, before you get into telling us all about how you became a healthy husband, Casey and Danny, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about how you met? Danny is a native New Yorker. And after college, he came back to New York um, looking for a job and was living at home. I, on the other hand, was coming from my undergrad in the University of Vermont, moved to the city for a job with the health department teaching nutrition. And literally my first weekend living in the city, a friend of mine had invited me to go out And her boyfriend at the time had a few guy friends in New York. So we decided we would all meet up. And one of those friends was Danny. And pretty much that's how we met, just through those mutual friends. Danny, what do you remember about that night? Uh, We shared a burger with a fried egg on it. Which is, he never would have eaten that seven years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Not the fried egg. Not the fried egg. So that was just a little glimpse into your future. Yep. <laughs> yeah, she got you to go. She got you to branch out right away. Yep. See, and she knew right then and there you were the one. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much we were aligned right from that point. Awesome. So once you guys had that fateful burger and egg night, how um, did you guys go ahead with you know eventually moving in? And as New Yorkers, I am sure probably the biggest motivation for moving in was probably. Was it more rent or was it because like you really loved each other? <laughs> but, whoa, the hesitation. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no I, I lived, I lived uh, with my parents. So the rent for me was additive. And I had suffered through some painful roommate experiences. And we had been dating for two years. Things had been going really well. It just seems like that time to move in. Um, we actually lived with Danny's parents for a short amount of time while we looked for a place and to save money. And then we found our own sweet spot here on the Upper West Side and have been here ever since. How many years? Six or seven. Five, yeah. Now, Danny, when you say that you're a native New Yorker, like native New York City New Yorker. Yep. Born and raised in Manhattan. Surprised a lot of people, but it's, uh, it's, it's all I know. 
how's it different growing up in Manhattan versus anywhere else from what you know from other people's experiences? Uh, very easy. Just walk outside if you want to go somewhere and take the train. I didn't drive until I was 20. A lot of freedom, but there's certainly comforts to having a house and some suburban comforts. I think getting your license at 20 is still pretty impressive. So my my friend's husband, who's only lived in cities his whole life, still does not know how to drive. <laughs> I mean, I when people tell me that, oh, you should get a car, you know, I, I would never get a car in New York City. It just doesn't make sense. No, you can rent one anytime you need one. Exactly. There's no reason to own one, right? I don't even like driving in. Yeah, I'd rather use my, my, my legs and... 15 minutes walking is better than 15 minutes in the car. Absolutely. And Casey, you mentioned that you had some uh, weird roommate experiences, which I don't think you can live in Manhattan and not have a weird roommate experience. So how did uh, moving in with Danny compare to any other weird roommate experiences that you had? It was a breeze, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Getting to move in with Danny. Um, Hold up. Let's talk about the two older, cooler roommates that you guys had for a little while, which was Danny's mom and dad. Also very cool. Okay, good. I would say for me, just because I had been living on my own and, you know, I like to cook. So kind of being in someone else's kitchen sometimes, like around dinner time, it's like, what do we do? Do we all eat together? Do I only make food for me or for me and Danny? Yeah, that was definitely a, a thing. But it, so that's that's really interesting. It's a pretty big apartment, so we had our space. We were very fortunate. So how did you guys ultimately figure out um I guess the cooking situation when you were staying with your parents? Well, we all had kind of different I was in school at the time. So if I had late class, we wouldn't overlap. His parents would work late and do their own thing. I think I was still in my fend for myself, go out and get takeout mode. De- yeah, definitely. So what was your favorite takeout? Uh, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go wrong in Manhattan with pizza. No. I grew up on those. Nice. What's your favorite all-time New York City pizza spot? My favorite was Mimi's. It, uh, it closed. It was a uh, neighborhood institution but I understand the Beatles used to have pizza flown. Big uh, favorite of Paul McCartney. I have many favorite pizzas. <laughs> like, again, you can't go wrong in Manhattan. I, basically, I fi- find that uh, any bodega in, uh, in, in the village has a good slice of pizza, better than any, where, where anything you can get anywhere else. Yeah. That's probably true. Yeah, the best. All right. So then once you guys finally moved out, spread your wings and found your own spot, how did you guys figure out? Let's let's start with with responsibilities like cooking. How did you figure all those roles and responsibilities for yourselves? It was something that we just fell into based on kind of our past roles, I think. I love to cook. I find it actually pretty therapeutic to chop at the end of a day and get pull all of that together. But the one thing was having to consider the likes and dislikes of another person that night. And because also in New York, we kind of tend to think night by night. We're not planning things out very far in advance because we can just go to a supermarket and pick everything up. 
Yeah, it was difficult for me because I was used to getting takeout or pizza or, or sandwich at the deli. And, you know, eating together was probably a, the start of that was moving in. Um, and I was very particular in what I liked and what I didn't like or what I thought I didn't like. So what were some of those early challenges that you had to work around? Definitely the likes and dislikes. You know, I was in school for nutrition, obviously. So really appreciated lots of fruits and vegetables. I'm not like a vegan vegetarian or anything, but, you know, wasn't eating a ton of red meat and sausages and porks and things like that, um, which were more of Danny's favorites. Pretty much everything I had to eat had to have bread or cheese. Maybe yeah. some meat. And I was going to say, and probably some meat too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we had to kind of find a way to balance those. In fact, there was a period of my life where I pretty much only thought that anything I ate only had bread, meat, or cheese. <laughs> those sound like the men's food group right there. Right. Those are the three food groups. That's how I grew And then up. the fourth yeah. one is beer. I started to become very aware of it getting lunches at work. I think that was a big shift. <laughs> So how, 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 did, how did you come to that awareness? Was it? I don't know. They would take you out for lunches or you would go out with coworkers to a salad place. Actually, I, I would see a lot of my coworkers eating all these different things. And I would think oh, I would never really eat that. But there's other things out there. Yeah, right. Those experiences, I think, you going out to eat with your coworkers made it that much easier for us to make little changes at home. Yeah. It's definitely difficult to go to a business meeting and you're the one that is very picky about eating sushi or... Or everyone's going out to Chopped for salads at lunch and you're like trying to make the meatiest salad possible with as little lettuce and vegetables. Speaking of Chopped, that actually happened to me. I went to <laughs> a business meeting and someone suggested Chopped and I didn't want to be the one that said, I'm not really going to eat a salad, so... I found on the menu the one that had like breaded chicken, cheese, got a salad sandwich, you know, a wrap. Discovered it wasn't that bad. See, there are little ways to introduce salads into people's lives. Yeah, just push it right in through uh, peer pressure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it works. And disguise it as buffalo chicken. Right. There you go. Then it all works. So how did you start to bring some of that back home with, you know, letting Casey maybe make some more vegetables and introducing that more into your household? I think it was definitely a, a conscious effort on my part to get, get a little more adventurous food. I would see Casey eat all these different things and I, I couldn't ever see myself eating those things. And, you know, I wanted to eventually try new things like traveling was a big part of it as well. From my point of view, being the supportive partner then was sticking to those things that we knew that he loved, the cheese, the pasta or something, but slowly adding in a vegetable, maybe cooked in a texture way that he would really like and find more approachable. So if it was cauliflower that was really, really crispy, mixed in with mac and cheese and a little breadcrumbs on top, boom, he was a fan. See, cauliflower isn't evil. <laughs> I never said cauliflower is evil, but when you use it in evil ways, that's when it becomes a problem. Aha. Uh -huh. <laughs> and don't sneak it in on them. Oh, no, what no. an interesting point. Oh, that was such that was such a 
horrible early learning experience in our time together. Yes, many outbursts. You told me there wasn't this in there. And I and there was. Oops. I, I actually am still in a love hate relationship with the cauliflower. It's uh it's gotta be just right. Very roasted, very crispy. Yeah, it can't be uh completely steamed and just kinda black. Mush. No. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I think I have a post. I wrote it probably one of the first posts I even put up on the blog was all about like, don't trick your husband or significant other into eating vegetables because uh, they will find out, they will get very mad at you and they will never trust you ever, ever, ever again with what you make for them. That's right. It's like a child. They have to be trusting of the feeding relationship. <laughs> Well, it was, we've talked about it a few times on the podcast, but just to summarize it, it was pretty traumatic for me because I thought I was getting something, I thought I was getting mashed potatoes and I was really in the mood. I like, this is one of my favorite things. And then like within the first bite, I was like, nope, this isn't mashed potatoes. And it was, it was traumatic for me. I wanted to see how far I could take it. I'm like, yeah, okay, you, if he, if I barely wolf, got past the front door and by, you know, texture it, you thought that. It was mashed potatoes. I, I really thought I had them, man. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> then that's one of the things I hear from a lot of my friends who follow me on Instagram and they live with their boyfriend or someone else. The most common thing is like, don't make a vegetable pretend to be something that it's not. Like zucchini noodles, it's zucchini. It's just call them zucchini noodles. Yes. Yes. But the good news is, ladies, if you can train your husband to eat some vegetables and you plan to have children down the road, that'll be a breeze. There you go. What about the men who cook and training their wives or their girlfriends? Then as a lady, you have struck gold. (laughs) (laughs) And you should love him for the rest of your life and hold on to that one. It's important to find those uh, gateway vegetables. Like uh, peppers and onions. That was my gateway vegetable. I did cheese steaks with peppers and onions. I knew I liked them. And and sausage and pepper sandwich. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Can't forget that. So if we could toss that in with some chickpea pasta and then spinach that just wilts away into it, we were golden. All so right. Danny, how do you feel about like the chickpea or the whole wheat pastas versus pasta? It took me a while, actually. Uh, but I think I prefer the chickpea now. I don't really taste the difference. Uh, you put enough good stuff in it. it. It all feels like pasta. It tastes like pasta. I've heard different things from colleagues. But for me personally, I I prefer the, the, the chickpea pasta. All right. A successful transition. <laughs> See? Danny's a fan. D- that doesn't mean I have to be. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. when I like my pasta. And I like my pasta to be pasta. I like it to be <laughs> Our favorite place to travel is Italy. So we are getting all of the fresh, homemade, real deal pasta that we can when we go. I have great appreciation for great bowl of pasta. Absolutely. I will definitely agree with that one. So yes, as delicious as the chickpea pasta is, and it's high in protein, high in fiber, it, it's just not the same, especially when it's that handmade pasta. Oh, man. There's nothing better than that. Nothing better. I, I don't it. care what it's made with. No. Love. <laughs> Chickpea love. Chickpea love. <laughs> Chickpeas themselves were a different story. Uh-oh. Sure. How'd that go? <laughs> Chickpeas themselves were a little different. 
So what you're saying is you can hide chickpeas yes. pasta form. Okay, that works. All right. There's a lot of tips on this episode already. Oh, so <laughs> many ways you can you can sneak but don't sneak vegetables into your into your life and your household with your with your loves. Yes. That's what we're here to do. So other than the the cooking and opening up Danny's vegetable world, what were some other challenges that you guys encountered when you first started living together? Outside of the cooking, I feel like we adjusted pretty well. Maybe in terms of we could talk to like our exercise and wellness habits. Um, Danny, we're a big tennis player, are a big tennis player still. Yeah, I'd say like the go to the gym is a big thing. Like, you know, one person wants to go to the gym, feel that pressure out, should I go to the gym? I think that one's a big one. I don't think we pressure each other. Encouragement. And just so that we're doing something after work and not sitting on the couch for the rest of the night. When you guys first started dating and maybe even living together, was that the case? Were you guys both pretty active together? Not together so much. Yeah, I I would play tennis. had like regular games. And you were into running and... Yeah, so we didn't really start going to the gym together until we found one close to our house that wasn't an arm and a leg per month. <laughs> and then we started doing that right. more together. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't have a gym reverser for a while. Mm-mm. Free running outside. Hey, New York gyms are expensive. So I would support any way you can do find your workout for free. Now, when you guys go to the gym, do you guys do stuff together or is it like, I'm going to go over here, you go here, we'll, we'll meet in an hour. We both run and then you do some other stuff and I run and then I'm done. <laughs> Our level of tolerance and maybe how long we want to be there. <laughs> Depends on the night. So you guys aren't taking like Zumba classes together? Not, not yet. Well, over Christmas, we did do beach <laughs> yoga. <gasps> Wait, you did beach yoga over Christmas in... We were in Florida. City? <laughs> uh, okay, all right. I was going to say. What, you don't go out and do some beach yoga over on... Uh, Coney Island? I don't even know where. Yeah, Coney Island in our snow hats. Yes. I learned yes. I was quite good at it. He's very good at yoga, actually. I had to look and see whatever I was doing. But you're really good, yeah. Now now you hopefully you've been inspired to go take some more classes. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I got some good spots in New York I can recommend. Yeah, because you're quite the yogi. Yep, and I've done... Uh, um, I did all my teacher trainings in, in the city, so she basically has I know a, the spats. You have a residency at one of those places, I'm pretty sure. No, just a guest just a guest starring role. <laughs> <laughs> More like cameos. And as far as tennis goes, Casey, have you ever picked up a racket and uh, challenged Danny to a <laughs> game of tennis? He's sitting here giggling and rolling his eyes. I think I took one tennis lesson. His family has a house in Pennsylvania. And they have like a tennis center there. So in the summer, I went and took one lesson. I wasn't terrible, but he kept trying to correct my form. I just, I wasn't doing it co- totally right. Just a little high. Whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> I, I filmed Danny so he can actually watch his technique. That's it. <laughs> I'm a cheerleader. So you never actually played against each other? No. So you got frustrated no. pretty quick. We both did. Because I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure you got kicked off the doubles team immediately. 
Oh yeah, that would not happen. No. How about like ping pong, table tennis? Is that allowed? Working on it. We've done those too. Yeah, family ping pong tournaments have been known to happen. Danny wins. He beats my whole family. Uh, yeah. So, so Taco wants to know, do you guys do a family beer pong tournament too? I wish. No, we haven't done that. Just wine, blind wine tasting. We have done blind wine tasting. Ooh. My family likes to prove that I have no idea what I'm talking about when it comes to wine. <laughs> well, that's only a problem if you're actually saying that you do know something about wine. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> he does know a fair amount. And you should see our wine fridge over here and all the equipment that we have. Oh, nice. That was actually a big part of our food experience. So you worked at a restaurant for the first few years, a couple of years before you started your nutrition. Yeah, so going to that restaurant, getting treated to kind of the fine dining experience with that really high-end red Italian wine, he would eat anything if it came with the wine. <laughs> so tip, another tip is uh, <laughs> disguise all your food with, behind a gr- really great bottle of red wine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Makes everything look better. Also, Casey now comes with the skill of knowing how to open a bottle of wine. Yes, that's true. We both struggled with that, but man, we're experts now. You, basically- you didn't have to sit and do it. You didn't have to do it table side for people. It was a very it fine a dining very restaurant. Very oh, there's so like, the a, like a captain. Oh, yeah. 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 I was the food runner and barista. <laughs> I can make a very good latte. Hey, that's a good skill to have, too. That's an important skill. It is. If you don't know how to open wine, you better know how to make the coffee. What's your excuse? I just never properly learned how to open a bottle of wine. Okay, but I tend to make And I've had you around. And I tend to make the coffee, too, so you're not doing either. (laughs) I make the tea. (laughs) The tea? (laughs) See? Division of labor. This is how it all works, folks. Exactly. So what's some of the division of labor you guys have at home when it comes to food shopping and cooking and meal prepping and planning? Uh, I, I like to pitch in with the groceries. That's where I can help the most. I'm not quite uh, there when it comes to my shopping skill. So quite a uh, hazard in the kitchen. Helping with groceries, it, does that mean you guys go to the store together and, and Danny, you run to one end of the store and grab some stuff and bring it back to Casey? Or do you go to the store, get what needs to be purchase for, for the next meal and bring it home? Both. It is sometimes I walk home from work and I'll walk by Whole Foods and pop in and say, here's some ideas. I'll get some you know, spinach or Brussels sprouts. Or That's sort of how the meal planning comes to go together. I feel like as a couple in New York City, the biggest strategy of going food shopping together is if you go to Trader Joe's, one of you just walks in and gets online and the other one does all the shopping because there's no other way to do that same. Yeah, that's a must. It can be brutal in some of these groceries. So going together definitely helps. And do you guys prefer going shopping versus doing uh, like a delivery service, like a Fresh Direct? We've actually never done a grocery delivery service. I like to go check out the products. And like I said, we plan and eat more on the fly. So thinking that far in advance to order a cart of groceries doesn't tend to happen that often. I'd say that... Uh, as my palate's expanded, I've gotten a bit more chef-like. So I tend to come up with some creative ideas. So what's share, your, share. 
Yeah, what's your what's your dish? Uh, my favorite one that I came up with was the cauliflower pizza, but it was Mediterranean style. It was hummus, feta, caramelized onions. I was pretty proud of that. I, I'll say, I mean, come on, from a, from a guy who ate nothing but bread, cheese, and meat <laughs> to a cauliflower pizza, Mediterranean style with no meat on it. Yes. Yeah. We do work a lot on where we get our recipe inspiration from. We have actually a shared photo album on our phones of like different screenshots of recipes from websites, blogs, or magazines. So both of us, when we're on the train going home, like I know I will be looking through recipes that we saved and Danny's likely doing the same and we'll kind of send each other, how does looks look for dinner? And, and we'll take it from there. Have you guys ever met up and realized you were looking at the same recipe and you had the same thing in mind? Hasn't happened yet, but it's possible. It would not surprise me. Yeah. That's so romantic. <laughs> <laughs> Through the airwaves, our meal planning is just so on point. That's right. Hey, not everyone plans every meal by, you know, the week or the month or the day. And I think any way that any way that you can call it a plan. And if the plan is, we'll figure it out for dinner and you have your your backup files and your photos and recipes, then that works. But I think what's important is it needs to be something that works in your household and it's something that you're both on the same page with. Yeah, I am trying to get a little better with, with the cooking skills. We did a cooking class in uh, Tuscany. I was a bit of... Uh, my chopping skills weren't the best. <laughs> Well, that's okay. Do you still have 10 fingers? I still have 10 fingers. Okay. So then your chopping skills are not terrible. They were a little concerned the meal wouldn't come together. <laughs> it sounds like Iron Chef. It's like, oh, you have 30 <laughs> minutes to get this whole like meal that. together. All right. So um, Danny may not be sous chefing full time anytime for you soon, Casey, it sounds like. But it, it sounds like he helps to come up with inspiration and um, quality assurance testing. Yes. Absolutely. We did also take a pizza class together. That was a big thing. That's important to learn. Was, I, I got pretty into that. He has the wealth of recipe inspiration. I sometimes could care less what we're having for dinner. I'm very easygoing. So if he takes charge of that, I really don't care. I'll chop. I'll do whatever. I want to come back around to this cauliflower pizza. So when you say cauliflower pizza, are we talking about cauliflower crust? Yes. Or regular pizza with cauliflower on top? Cauliflower crust. Handmade? As the Whole Foods, 365. They're just quick and easy. Hey, as long as you weren't scared off by the whole concept of cauliflower crust. Not everybody everybody hand makes the dough. And and like makes the best pizza in their town like you do. I know, I know. <laughs> I did. I hand. I I yeah. did the handmade cauliflower once, and it was such a pain in the ass that I never really wanted to do it again. Although now stores have made it easier. So the the biggest learning I made was the first time I made the cauliflower crust is you buy the cauliflower like the head of cauliflower and you steam it. 
and then you chop it and then you have to strain it. Like basically you just have to put it in a ton of cheesecloth and literally just like strain the shit out of it. You have to get it as dry as possible. Otherwise you wind up with soggy pizza. So the first time I tried to make it, pizza didn't come out quite so crispy because I didn't get it like bone dry. The second time, I think because it had a chance to sit in the fridge overnight, so it dried out a little bit more. But now you can go buy things like cauliflower, like pre-riced cauliflower and cauli crumble. So it makes life a lot easier to make your own handmade pizza or just walk over to the freezer aisle and buy the pre-made one. I tried making it once for myself on a weekend when I don't think Danny was home, which is my time to experiment and you know, get the mess up out of the way or find something that maybe he would really like. When I did the cauliflower crust, it just did not work out. So I was not even going to try getting that one past him. We did dabble in the homemade regular pizza dough. It was a process. Could never always get the yeast to rise. Sometimes had some misfires. It's a good date night project though. I bet Mandy has a tip for that one too. My tip is go buy the Fleischmann's pizza yeast and you'll never have a problem again. Amen. We'll have to do that next time. (laughs) So you mentioned that sometimes when Danny's away, you like to play an experiment. Are there things that you like to make or eat because you know that Danny's not home and you don't have to worry about approving or appeasing anyone else with what you're making? Sometimes, yeah. It used to be I would do maybe like tofu or tempeh, scrambles. Um, or even just more beans and lentils in general. But now he eats that kind of stuff almost. So my eating hasn't changed a whole lot when he does travel for work. Maybe I don't eat as much meat. You do more of the beans and lentils. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm still working on. So when he comes back, we introduce more maybe chicken or turkey, meatballs than when I'm on my own. Yeah, for sure. And then, Danny, do you retreat at all into any of your old habits when Casey is not around? I used to, but I definitely got a bit more in touch with. I I eat that how I eat because it feels good. You know, I went on a business trip recently. It was a lot of prepared food, restaurant food, and you get tired of it. Yeah. And we've talked a lot on the show because Taco travels a ton for work as well. Um, And I don't know if we actually have talked to another couple where there's another person who travels a lot. So given your experience and expanding palate over the years, Danny, how do you find that um, when you're traveling? How do you feel about the choices that you make or given the options that you have? um, Do you find that you tend to be a little bit more conscious and aware of what you're having? Definitely. I, I, I'd say I always am looking to get some form of vegetable now. And like when I don't see a vegetable on the plate, I realize I'm not getting what I need. Uh, but also sometimes like the, when you go to a catered buffet style dinner or lunch, the, pre, the vegetables, they're very much steamed and a bit not that appetizing. So Casey, her prep is definitely preferred on some of the vegetables. But like you said, it all comes down to you notice how good your body feels when you do include some form of green, fibrous something amidst all those maybe steak dinners and cocktail parties and things like that. 
So you say you, 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 you played it from the one angle, you feel better or you feel good when you include those things. I play it from the opposite side. Like if you're, if you're eating some of those other things, like the steak dinners and, and cocktails and things like that a little too much, I, that's where I don't feel good. Right. So, um, maybe I'm not necessarily seeking out the vegetables, but, um, I'm acknowledging at some point that, okay, I can't like, I'm not going to have ribeye steaks twice and twice two nights right. in a row. You know, I'm going to yeah. do something different the second night. Yeah, I'm the same way, kind of. So it's more about, like, the negative impacts that um, I feel when going overboard multiple nights in a row or meals in a row or whatever it is. Yeah, I had three, like, back-to-back really heavy dinners for work last week. And it, it was waking up in the morning. I was like, ah, I shouldn't have, shouldn't have had, you know, that other plate, all the appetizers. Well, maybe one of those nights. Yeah. yeah and we talked about this on the show too like if you travel a lot it can definitely be challenging it it takes some discipline after a while that you don't have to go overboard every single time yeah definitely it just gets you out of your routine too routine's a big thing absolutely um being new yorkers and you mentioned that you some you don't necessarily plan every meal because sometimes you wind up going out. So on a given week, how often would you say you guys go out versus cook at home? Monday through Thursday, we pretty much eat in. And then maybe during the weekend, Friday night, maybe dinner with Danny's family or brother-in-law. And maybe once on the weekend, dinner-wise. Yeah, I'd say we go out at least once a week. Uh, if not, you know, sit down restaurant or takeout, we'll usually get sushi from one of our favorite spots. It's definitely a cheaper eating in, especially as I've gotten more into wine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You guys don't get the BYOs like we get in the Jers. I wish there were more. There's like one sushi place that we go and bring the big bottle and get a whole mess of sushi. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, there's always like the the couple of restaurants and when my friends lived in Manhattan, they they knew of the few BYOs that were around, but they are few and far between. Yeah, I mean, there is a downside to it. The food at a BYO tends to be much more expensive. So maybe like a 22 or $23 entree at a regular restaurant becomes a $30 entree pretty quickly uh, at a BYO. So, you know, they don't have, yeah. So it works kind of both ways. You'll be surprised. Like sometimes we'll go to a BYO I mean, I can bring like the twenty to forty dollar bottle of wine. That would be way more than that at the restaurant, right? But I'm probably going to spend twenty to forty dollars on the wine anyway. <laughs> It'd just be a different bottle, uh, but it, it can add up. So it works both ways. Yeah, but-, but I will. You know, we always talk too that the BYOs typically tend to have, or at least aim to have, better food because they yeah. can't get you drunk and make you forget about their food maybe not being so good. So they de- they tend to aim to have a higher quality and standard of of um, food. And-, and then you can bring that nice bottle of wine along for dinner. Yeah, exactly. It was definitely an uh, evolution to us for the more eating. And we would eat out like probably three or four times a week when we were first dating, really explore all the best food spots in New York. Oh yeah. I was such a foodie being in New York. This was heaven to get to go to all these restaurants all the time, um, whining and dining like that. But one, especially once I was done with school and 
then we'd gotten married and I was in my full-time job. It just didn't make sense financially, schedule-wise. Cooking was so much more convenient. How about lunchtime? Are you guys bringers mm-hmm. or buyers? I went through a phase. I brought lunch for like six months. Definitely saved <laughs> a lot of money. It wasn't sustainable for me. Why? How come? Like, What was it for you? Really for me in the office environment I'm in, Lunch is a very communal thing. You know, you go out with people. It's also a chance to get outside the office. So it's it's part of the routine in that regard. And you never knew how like a day would evolve if you had a meeting that ran over. It's always just easier to run out across the street. It would have meant me maybe having to prep, help prep, get together some snacks, what have you, for him to bring into lunch. Maybe he's just being considerate and not making me do that. I know. I think a big part of it is I stopped. I went through when I was bringing uh, lunch and sandwiches. It was the sandwich phase. And I now, as my palates evolve, a lot less sandwiches. I mean, there's the dig in, uh, the bowl concept, lots of places like that for the grain bowls, even like burrito bowls. I'm more adaptable. Yeah. And for me... I work up in the Bronx with not a whole lot of food options that kind of align with how I like to eat. So I am a religious lunch meal prepper for for the most part, I would say. Um, Like tomorrow, I don't have anything ready. So I'm going to have to dig through maybe the freezer, just a quick soup or something. But I, I bring my lunch every day. Yeah. So when I when I worked in Manhattan, when I worked at, at the ad agencies, I was always a, a bringer. And mostly for some of the opposite reasons that Danny mentioned was because I would get stuck in meetings and there was no time to go run out and grab something. Or the worst part was by the time I had a chance to run out and grab something, some of the places were closed and like the salad bars were all broken down. So then you had a little bit less options to pick from. Uh, the money thing was definitely a huge thing for me as well. I, I just could not justify spending 12 to $15 a day on lunch because that buys a lot of shoes at the end of the month <laughs> on, on things going into your belly. And I think even, you know, there were still opportunities to be communal, even if you brought your own was, you know, I don't know what your office setting is like, but we had like pantries and, and break rooms. And a lot of times we had lunch meetings like mean people schedule meetings during lunchtime and there was no time to go out and eat. So sometimes you, you had to make sure that you, you had a plan in place. Otherwise, you were hungry and cranky. Is it my turn? It's your turn, babe. <laughs> I've never been a bringer. Between having to think that far ahead and plan it out. Um, maybe, I've offered. Yes, I know you have offered. Stop <laughs> interrupting me. Uh, she has offered to uh, to help prep, but the problem is like, I barely like eating leftovers, period. And if you make them, if you make something the night before, then to me, it tastes like it's day old food. So it like, it just never jives with me. And then I'm like, okay, I'd rather just go get the sandwich at the cafeteria at this point. Or in my current work environment, um, there's a place down the street where I can get like a big, you know, decent sized sandwich for seven bucks. And like, I don't need anything else. I don't need a bag of chips or other sides or anything like that, that fills me up and I'm good until dinner time. And it was only seven bucks. And it's like, okay, well, how much money would I really saved doing something else? So anyway, that's my story. The leftovers is such a tricky thing. I hear that a lot from my patients, 
maybe the men more in particular, but they just do not want to eat the same food the next day. The taste, the texture just changes dramatically from one day to the next. I can't tell you how many times I've intended to bring leftovers in and then just forget. All the time they're in the fridge. Yep. I, I know. I feel like I will put post-it notes on the fridge, on the door out to the garage, on your steering yeah, wheel. But you won't put it at, at my uh, desk at work. So what will happen is all of those things will make me bring lunch to work. But I will forget to go to the, to the refrigerator and get the lunch out and eat it. Oh, no. Because it's not part of the routine. I've, I'm a routine. I mean, Danny, you mentioned it. You have like your routines and things like that when it comes to eating. Like, that's my routine. It's until it gets into that routine, it's out. And that's how a taco functions. I'm a machine. I do. I, I get up at the same time every day. I get up the same time every day. I eat at the same time every day. I go to the gym at the same time every day. Boom, boom. These, And I don't have to think about any of these things. They just happen. I can think about other things now. I did try this new service out. It's called MealPal. It's in certain cities. You plan your your lunch out the day before. It's like there's a bunch of restaurants that offer one thing that they're going to serve that day. And you get the chance to pick and you say when you're going to pick it up. So it's discounted. And it was... It was good. You're saving money. But I think it got old. Yeah, but it was just a jump. All right. So as native New Yorkers, I'm going to ask you um, to share your three favorites. So the first is, what is your absolute favorite, like, nice, you're going to go out for a really nice meal? What's your What's your big spot for that? Like, absolute favorite? Yeah. Maria. It's where he took me... The night that he proposed, after he wow. proposed, we went there for dinner. Amazing Italian seafood, just beautiful Pastas. place to be. Pastas. Yeah. All right. Okay. So for a romantic night out in New York, hit up Maria. How about your favorite? Do you guys have a favorite dive bar? Dive 75. I don't know if it's a favorite, but since it's around the corner, it's pretty convenient. That's gorgeous. All right, Dive 75. I'm assuming that's, you know, it's right around the corner, you said. So, okay, probably on 75th. You got it. Okay. So, <laughs> okay, so after your romantic dinner at Marea, you're going to hit up Dive 75 for a night of hanging out with some college kids, <laughs> playing like, some board games. Exactly. We're really into the speaking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, and then what is your favorite brunch spot? Uh, probably good enough to eat. They have amazing bacon. Really thick. They put it on pancakes, uh, the uh, the omelet, awesome. And also house-made strawberry butter yes. on these biscuits. Unbelievable. Awesome. So you're going to go out and for a romantic coffee. dinner? Bottomless, how about bottomless mimosas or Bloody Marys? More yeah. mimosas. It's tough to do bottomless now. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people have abused that one. Yeah. Well, they'll just give you some... Um, sparkling andre whatever is that not champagne but is it wine is andre considered like wine uh, cider you know what? i don't know actually i don't i don't i think france would be embarrassed if it was champagne and <laughs> admit to it i don't yeah we can't fairly call it champagne but it's like yeah. I, I guess it's not cider well it would be a sparkling wine at the very least okay so right. get your get your andre and a whole lot of orange juice there you go. We'll stick to the coffee and the lattes. 
There you go. Nice. All right. So Casey and Danny have just planned a romantic night out for you listeners. You're going to go have a romantic dinner at Morea. You're going to go party it up at, what was it, Dive 75? Yes. Dive 75. And then uh, you're going to wake up in the morning and go cure that hangover at Good Enough to Eat? Yep. Yeah, there you go. There may be some ice cream right. in there. Something. Ice cream? Where? Uh, Van Leeuwen. It's a good spot. The, so I can tell by the look on Mandy's face, she hasn't heard of any of these places. Maria, Maria, I've heard of, yeah. Right. But anything after that, we just don't <laughs> go into this. You guys have been living in the city about as long as we've stopped going to the city. So uh, I know that I can tell, like, none of these places mean anything. No, because we, we used to hang up. We used to hang out at the Upper West Side a lot. And we had our spot. So it was like. It was the college bar, so it was, and we were not in college at this time, by the way. So it was like the gin mill, and um, what's the other one that they own? Oh, Jake's Dilemma. Jake's Dilemma. Yeah. yeah. Where you could go for happy hour from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Everything was half price. And it came in a pint glass. Mermaid in. Dollar <laughs> oysters. Every day. Oh, I'm in. Let's go. Get some oysters. Yeah, come on over. Real life double date. We're, we're in. We're in. Done. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Casey and Danny, you guys have shared a lot of really great information as far as helping to expand your significant other's palate and just some good overall teamwork when it comes to eating and and making meals and even, um, you know, the whole food shopping. So what are some other or final tips that you would leave for our couples out there as far as working together as a couple when it comes to just living a healthy lifestyle together? I think for us, a big thing is open communication and just kind of always being supportive. You know, you may not see eye to eye at first, but with being communicative with the other person, trusting, you know, change can come along a little bit easier. And not hiding vegetables. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> that is a rule to live by for everyone. The husband's healthy Bible. My takeaway from this whole episode is that men are like children um, yes. and a good practice <laughs> for raising children and getting them to eat different foods. That's that's basically what I've heard. It's a little bit like training wheels. Yeah. <laughs> we now know how to do this successfully with our children. Who says getting a dog prepares you for having kids? It's having a man. When we were first together, uh, or sorry, when we were first living together, not first dating, when we first started living together, there were times I had to tell Mandy, I'm not a dog. I'm not a child. Stop trying to train me. And that's exactly, you know, when I say... People, they don't resist change, but they resist being changed. No one wants to hear, do things my way because, you know, they may want to do things that way in the future and on their own terms, but they just don't want you being the person to change them. Or having to do things your way. Exactly. Right. And that comes back to communication. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that you want to choose to eat a certain way or enjoy certain foods is you like them, not because you have to, or I think a big thing for me was convincing myself. I was going to say like, I don't like mustard. I do like mustard. Just said I didn't like mustard. You had to convince yourself. 
that you really did like this thing. If that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Mustard was definitely a a, a journey for me because there was no mustard I would have ever touched like 15 years ago, probably. Um, yeah. And, and you know, I acknowledge now that it goes well with a lot of great things. I'll put it on sandwiches. I think Mandy made a, a salmon the other night and she didn't tell me what was in it. She wasn't trying to hide the mustard or anything like that. But I, I tasted it and I was like, oh, OK, there's mustard in here. This is this actually works pretty good. I, I was a little worried because I had Dijon mustard and I was like, I don't know if this if you're into this, but it's part of the recipe. So we're rolling with it. I'm still working on mayo. Mustard, I, I can get down with. I don't think mayo's a necessity, though. Agreed. Like oh, a- aioli. Oh, aioli. What's aioli? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I, when, I, when you say uh, mayo, I think of like Hellman's mayonnaise right. that I, I grew up on. That's what went on sandwiches when I grew up. It wasn't, there was never mustard. There was never uh, uh, oil and vinegar or anything like that. It was, it was Hellman's mayo. Um, and the only probably reason why I've eat, ever eaten it in my entire adult life is because of my childhood experience, not because it's really a preferred condiment to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, childhood impacts our eating preferences a lot. I definitely was a ketchup on everything. <laughs> Wait, when you say everything, don't say you were like a ketchup on pasta kind of. Not on pasta. Kind of kid. Or like ketchup on mac and cheese. Not on mac and cheese. So maybe not everything. Okay. We can still be fine. meat or fish. Hey, everyone has their condiment of choice. I'm a barbecue sauce goes on everything. Not like everything, but like hot if, sauce goes on everything. When it comes to like French, like French fries, French fries and barbecue sauce. That is that's the jam. Got to pair it with that flavor that you like. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think we have talked a lot of good stuff here. We've learned some great places to go hang out in New York City. We've learned some good shopping and cooking tips. We've learned that Danny is not quite up to snuff as a sous chef for chopping yet. And um, that I, I only guys... have one more question. Yeah, what's up? Babe? I need a bottle of wine. Recommendation. Mm. Whatever your favorite bottle of wine. Give it to me. And as a wine lover myself, I know that's a really hard question, but I've got that one. I've got that one that I can that I can go to any time. But like, give me give me one of the top five. The, the top Polizia Vino Nobile, probably the best go to Tuscan. Had it recently in Italy. Pretty great. Excellent. Now I'm going to look that one up. Add it to the wine cellar. That's right. <laughs> All right. Thanks. All right. Well, Casey and Danny, do you guys have any final words of wisdom for our folks out there? Like we said, I think just talk it out. You guys each have your strengths in the relationship in terms of food and other things. So play to your strengths. (laughs) Agreed. Ditto. (laughs) Ditto. Awesome. Well, you guys have a lot of great stuff going on. Uh, Casey, can you tell our listeners where they might be able to find you and connect with you? Absolutely. I would love to connect on Instagram. That's where I hang out the most. I am at eat period well period together. Kind of got that whole theme that we just talked about. Um, And then my blog is Casey Seiden Nutrition. Dot com. Pretty easy. 
And we will include links to all those in the show notes. You can head over to nutritionnuptials.com and grab that information and connect with Casey right from the links. Sounds great. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks guys so much for joining us. And we'll meet you for real and have a fun New York Upper West Side night out. And uh, we'll we'll relive our Taco and Mandy (laughs) hanging out in the Upper West Side days. Trudy tour of the Upper West Side. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hang out to some classier places, maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe not all the college bars. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Taco, it's cool talking to another New York, uh, nearby New York couple. Near, yeah, uh, tri-state area connection. Yes, and uh, hanging out in the, in the old stomping grounds. Yeah, a lot of memories coming back. Like? <laughs> like Jake's the Lemon, Silk Road, and Gin Mill, and any of those places that we stomped around before. Oh, those are the days. <laughs> and Frankie, of course, Frankie. Frankie. Yeah. Well, we can go back and visit anytime. It's still there. Uh, not Frankie. Not Frankie, but. <laughs> the Upper West Side. All the Upper there. West Side in general. It yeah. is all still there. All right. All right. Well, if you have a story to share about how you and your significant other are living your best life ever together, hit us up at podcast at nutritionnuptials.com to send us how we can help share and spread your story. We're always looking for people to discuss on the blog, share on Instagram, and even have a double date with like Casey and Danny here on the podcast. So hit us up and uh, we'll get your story out there. You can also find out more information about working with together as a couple over on nutritionnuptials.com. You can check out the blog, which has a lot of tips, recipes, and information for how you and your loved one can merge those loving lifestyles together. And for other ways you can connect with the podcast, head over to Instagram at nutrition underscore nuptials to like, comment, and uh, share over on Instagram. You can also connect with Mandy the Dietitian at uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest and YouTube. I'm at Mandy Enright RD over on those sites and you can come step by, say hi, love to chat with you and talk all fun things, nutrition and fitness in those areas. All right, Taco, I think- uh, Our job here is done. I think our job here is done pretty gosh darn well. What do you say? Yeah, let's let's get out of here. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for tuning in and saying I do to your happily, healthfully ever after. Adios, amigos. Mm-hmm.